Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Tonight's team, the Carolina Hurricane. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure you follow us down below on our website, i80sports.com, for all of our team previews coming up because we are previewing every single NHL team before the start of the season in the middle of October, which, holy moly, now we're in October. The start of the season is only a few short days away. I'm hyped. I know you guys are hyped. So you got to make sure that you drop some love on the content that we're bringing you guys and while you're here, if you're on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all the content that we have coming up for the beginning of this NHL season and for the final couple episodes here of our team previews. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're following us already, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. So thank you guys so much. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And here we are to introduce a up-and-coming team, I guess, or to preview, not introduce an up-and-coming team, the Carolina Hurricanes. A team that has a lot of promise, but still has some uh, still has some work to do, if you ask me. So let's just get right to it. To quote a famous rap line, don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. And in Carolina's case, they've been here for a couple of years now, and I think uh, Carolina could be ready to make some noise this year. But first, before we talk about the future, we got to look at the past. So it's time to start talking a little bit about what they did last year. So what was Carolina's record last year? Well, they were 36-12-8. and eight. That's 36 wins to 12 losses to 8 overtime losses. That was good for first place in the Central Division last year. Pretty good season overall. Power play and penalty kill? Well, they were just straight killing it last year because on the power play, they were at 25.6% on the power play. For those of you who know what we do to track uh, league average, league average is at 19%. So it, with Carolina sitting at 25.6%, certainly one of the highest teams with that percentage in the entire NHL. And on the penalty kill, well, they were killing it yet again. 85.2% on the penalty kill last year. That's an another team among the best in the entire NHL on the penalty kill. Carolina getting it done last year. Now, leading scorers on the Carolina Hurricane, we had Sebastian Ajo with 57 points. Vince Trocek with 43 points. Pretty surprising when I saw that. I was just like, Vinny Trocek had 43 points? Yeah, he had 43 points last year. Good for him. Coming also into his UFA year this year. So that's going to be an interesting detail to keep in mind. And then Andre Svechnikov with 42 points last year as well. The Magic Hands putting up the numbers again. Now it's time to look at some key additions and subtractions here for the Carolina Hurricane additions, they made some pretty interesting additions in the offseason. There were also quite a few interesting subtractions. We'll get to those in a second. On the addition side, Dylan Well, Ethan Bear, Frederick Anderson, Ian Cole, Tony D'Angelo, Josh Lavo, Anti Ranta, CJ Smith, Brendan Smith, Jalen Chatfield, Sam Maladic, uh, Stefan Nason, 
Alex Lyon, Maxim Latunev, uh, Latunov rather, uh, Derek Stepan, Josh Jacobs, uh, Andrew Perlowski, and Jesperi Kokniemi, which was an offer sheet deal. Pretty nuts to think about that. Subtractions, they had some pretty big subtractions here. Alex Najelkovich, Jake Bean, Warren Fogel, Dougie Hamilton, Brock McGinn, Roland McEwen, Peter Mrazek, Cedric Paquette, James Reimer, Sheldon Rempal, uh, Yanni Hakampa, Dylan Wells, uh, Antoine Bibeau, David Gust, Morgan Geeky. And Morgan Geeky was lost to the expansion draft to Seattle. So Morgan Geeky officially a member of the Seattle Kraken. So some pretty interesting additions, some pretty interesting subtractions. Now we're going to talk about some X-Factors. And no, we're not talking about EA Sports NHL 22 X-Factors here. We're talking about our own brand of X-Factors, who we feel are pivotal aspects of this Carolina Hurricanes team, who are some important figures here that are going to make or break their season. Tom, at this point, I've done more than enough talking, so it's time to hear from you. Who do you feel are some X-Factors here on the Carolina Hurricane this year? Well, where do we start here? Um, this team reminds me a lot of those Pittsburgh Penguin teams from the last decade that won back-to-back cups in 2016 and 2017. Very, very top-heavy, okay defense, and okay goaltending. They have very good center depth here in Sebastian Ajo, Vincent Trocek, and Jordan Stahl. Um, they have very good top six wings here in Andrei Sveshnikov, Martin Nietzsche's Nito Niederreiter, and Tevu Teravainen. And even on line three, Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Jesper Foss are also really good depth wingers to have on that third line. Sorry, guys, if I'm ruining our, uh, our our depth chart preview here, but it's just something I really have to get into because those guys are going to be the total X factor for this team. Their D is really nothing to write home about. The goaltending is decent. That's the X factor right there. That's what's going to make this team go is how well this top nine plays. These top nine forwards and this top nine depth is what's going to make this team go, is what's going to make this team win games, and it's what's going to be the difference between wins and losses on certain nights. And it's what's going to be the difference in big games versus teams in the division like, say, the New York Islanders. You know, That's what's going to be the difference. So in my mind, it's everybody in, the, in, the, in those first three lines and the forwards, everyone in that top nine. That's my X factor for this team. Yeah, and really interesting contribution there. And for me... I think a lot of people are quick to jump and say, oh, Sebastian Ajo is an obvious X factor here with 57 points last year over a point per game. You know, he's an obvious X factor here. And I agree. I think he is a very obvious X factor, but there's somebody else who did not play a full season last year, who I think over a course of a full season this year could very well have a chance of leading and scoring this year for the Carolina Hurricane. And that's Andrei Svechnikov. Svechnikov has... To be honest, and this might be my opinion, but just go and watch tape. You'll know he has some of the prettiest hands in the entire league and has a natural scoring touch. Going into his age 21 season, which, side note, holy crap, he's only 21 years old. Svech could have a career year this year. His highest point total was two years ago with 61 points. But I think he can break that this year. Next to me... A major X factor here is the defense. This defense could miss Dougie Hamilton this year. 
And stepping into his place currently is Tony D'Angelo, who really has not played an NHL game since March of 2020. No, I'm not really counting 2021. And if you want to go and do the digging yourself, there are plenty of storylines to look up from the 2021 season on Tony D'Angelo. But Tom's already shaking his head. Might be worth a look. Anyway, um, <laughs> D'Angelo has some big shoes to fill. And though he has been solid offensively, there's no one knocking that. Offensively, Tony D'Angelo is a plus offensive defenseman. He has lacked in the defensive aspect of his game. Lastly, there's the shiny new goaltender, Freddie Anderson. And Anderson missed a large chunk of last year and only sported a 895 save percentage, which those that know goaltending stats, that's not a very pretty stat. And the other big thing as a factor here for Freddie Anderson, he has not posted anything above a 920 save percentage since his rookie season as an Anaheim Duck. And he is a long way away from his rookie season at this point at 31 years old. I'll be honest. I'm not sure that Freddie Anderson is an upgrade over the recently traded Alex Najelkovic. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that trade. Those of you that uh, got the chance to watch our Detroit Red Wings preview, I'm still wrapping my head around that. I do not understand this trade. Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Unless somehow, someway, Carolina hits on that third round pick or flip it for something extraordinary, it just doesn't make sense to me. It really does not. And... Either way, when all is said and done, this is a new goalie tandem here <coughs> in Carolina this year. You've got Freddie Anderson. You've got Auntie Ranta. Last year, you had Alex Najelkovic and Peter Mrazek. The hope is the tandem this year is better than the tandem last year, but we're just going to have to wait and see. This is exactly why the games are played, but either way, all eyes are on Freddie Anderson to perform this year, and he's got some pretty big shoes to fill for Alex Najelkovic performance last year as a Carolina hurricane. Next, we've got some breakout candidates that we need to talk about. And when we're thinking about breakout candidates, we're talking about maybe a player that has maybe, maybe they're coming into their rookie season, haven't had a real crack at the NHL roster yet, or maybe they have a little bit of NHL experience, haven't quite had a career year or lived up to the potential yet. Tom, we're going to start with you here. Who's a breakout candidate or candidates? for the Carolina Hurricane this year? Well, I'm curious to see what Ethan Bear can do here. He was close to a, like a point-per-game D-man in juniors in WHL. And for the WHL, that's really, really good. And what is a league that's a very heavy-hitting league? But a point-per-game D-man in that league is very good. Anyways, that hasn't really carried over to the NHL for him. He's been close to 20 points a season so far in the NHL. And if he can say up that to say maybe 30 and 35, it would be a huge, huge step for this team, if you ask me. Yeah, Ethan Bear is a very popular choice here, especially with the change of scenery uh, here. Another popular choice is Jasperi Kakniemi, who with only 20 points last year in like over 50 games played, not a very impressive stat for a guy who was picked third overall not too long ago. And people also forget he's also only 21 years old. And also think about the playoff stats from this past year. Really, really <laughs> not a bad job. Eight points, 19 games, not too shabby by just Barry Cockney. Uh, 
uh, by any means at all. Um, or actually, sorry, I, yeah, sorry, eight points in 19 games. I thought I was reading the wrong statistic there for a second. But Jasperi Kakniemi could actually you know, benefit from a change of scenery here and also not having to play up the middle all the time. Shifting him over to the wing could be kind of a blessing in disguise uh, for his development as a player since he really didn't get the chance to develop with Montreal. My pick, however, however though, as a breakout candidate is Martin Nikas. And the reason why I say Nikas is because he had a really good season last year. 41 points in 53 games played. And the first, the former first over, uh, not first overall, first round pick. I'm going to learn how to English sometime. It's going to be magical. He could be getting top line minutes this year, uh, playing alongside Andrei Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo. And with that being said, Nikas could very well break his point total from last year, which he also broke his point total last year as well. So, his progression is only going to keep going up and up and up. He was nearly at a point per game last year. Could he get closer to that stat total? We'll just have to see. I think Nikas could very well be in line for a breakout and maybe career year this year under a full 82-game season. Now, we are going to talk about the potential opening night lineup, which, of course, we've got to add the little asterisk to the side. A, this is our opinion, but then B, we do try to put a little bit of research behind this. We use Daily Faceoff as well as The Athletic to also help our decisions here. Plus, we're also about a week or so away from the beginning of the season, so there's things that can change in training camp. Maybe a guy wins a spot or you know, maybe another person gets hurt. So there's ways that this opening night lineup can change. So, of course, <coughs> as always, guys, take this with a grain of salt. But let's take a look at what this lineup could look like in not too long from now. So we're going to start here with the first line, as we always do, moving from left wing, center to right wing. We've got Andrei Svechnikov with Sebastian Ajo and Martin Nikas. Next on the second line, we've got Nino Niederreiter with Vincent Trocek and Tevu Teravainen. Next on the third line, we've got Trasperi Kakniemi with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss. Jordan Stahl, the captain of this team, of course. And on the fourth line, we've got Steven Lorenz with Derek Stepan and Jordan Martinuk. Last, next, on to the first line of defense, we've got Jacob Slavin with Tony D'Angelo. On the second line, Brady Shea with Brett Pesch. And on the third line, Ian Cole with Ethan Bear. And as we mentioned before, the goaltending, I made this a starting you know, and backup situation because I think Freddie is going to get the majority of the playing time here. So starting goaltender, Frederick Anderson with backup goaltender, Auntie Ranta. So pretty good lineup on paper here for the Carolina Hurricane. I got to say, this is actually a pretty impressive forward group amongst the entire Metropolitan Division. But as always, we've got to talk about variables here. There are ways that this lineup can change between now and opening night, obviously. But then there are ways that this lineup can evolve from opening night to the Olympic break and then from the Olympic break past the trade deadline. So, Tom, let's start with you here. What are some variables to this lineup that you can see? Well, let's be obvious here. Right now, it's defense and the goaltending. The D just got – if you ask me, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. The D got worse. Sorry. Tony D'Angelo is not Dougie Hamilton. And if you really ask me, Tony D'Angelo is on his last legs here. If Tony D'Angelo screws up down here in Carolina, he will never play in the NHL again. He's just, he's this close to being done. 
And years and years, not years and years ago, it was only two years ago with COVID and everything. It makes it seem, seem like a decade ago, but it was really only two years ago. He had the big year in New York for the Rangers. And everybody and their mother was telling me, this guy is the next Norris candidate. This guy is the next Brian Leach. He's not the next Brian Leach. And the team did have a Norris candidate, eventual Norris winner, but it was not him. That was Adam Fox. We can talk about that another day. doesn't really matter right now. We all know Tony D'Angelo can run a power play. We all know Tony D'Angelo can be a first pair demon. We all know Tony D'Angelo can score goals. We all know Tony D'Angelo can dish out assists. But here's the real question. This is a top echelon team in this division. This is supposed to be a cup contender and a top team in the East and a top playoff team. And answer me this one. If you're playing against a team like the New York Islanders, who are very defense-first and very system-oriented, and you have a lead on those guys with about two minutes left in a game, do you put Tony D'Angelo out there if the faceoff is in your own zone? And my answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. To win a Norris Trophy you got to be the best defenseman, and that also means playing defense. The word defense and defenseman means playing well without the puck. I've never seen him really play that well without it, to tell you the truth. Um, to uh, bring that Pittsburgh Penguin comparison round again, um, the Penguins in those years where they won back-to-back cups, you know, you had the great players out there like Sidney Crosby, like Evgeny Malkin, like Phil Kessel, like Chris Letang on date. You had Matt Murray, and that Matt Murray was not a great goaltender, was not a Bezina winner. But you just had to rely on Matt Murray to stop a puck here and there while those guys scored all the goals and basically played fast transitioning hockey. And I think what Carolina is doing here is they're relying on Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta to do the same thing. The thing is, I don't know if Freddie Anderson nor Auntie Ranta is at the same level that Matt Murray was in back then. And Matt Murray, if he did screw up, had that old veteran and Mark andre Fleury to, to, to fall back on. Neither of these guys are close to Marc-Andre Fleury either. And I'm real curious with a team like this who's going to rely on the top nine and going to rely on a lot of offensive hockey, if you need a goalie to steal, if you need a goalie to steal a game for you, whether it be a playoff game or a big game at the end of the year, can you rely on either one of these guys to win that game? And the other thing is you've seen with Freddie Anderson in the past is this. He's sort of been unreliable. And another question that comes to my mind is this. Will Auntie Ranta maybe be the number one guy for a little bit of time this year? just in case Freddie Anderson enters into another funk. But in my mind, that's it. It's that D and that goaltending are going to be the biggest variables for this team. They are. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> going to elaborate on your point there. Defense and goaltending. Last year, this was one of Carolina's strongest areas by far. But after trading Ned and losing Hamilton to free agency, I think both are significantly weaker because of it. Moves like these are going to force guys on the right side, meaning the right side of the fence, such as Brett Pesh, Tony D'Angelo, and Ethan Bear, to work really hard to help Carolina forget about Dougie Hamilton. And Freddie and Ronta, they need to step up this year as veterans to give Carolina a chance when, not if, they make the playoffs. Carolina is a playoff team. Make no mistake about that. And they will build with that in mind, meaning they're going to build their roster. They're going to build their team throughout this year with that in mind. That being said, just checking cap friendly, which thank God for cap friendly. (laughs) They currently have no cap space and they have a bunch of players slated to be UFAs and RFAs this upcoming season. So no particular order of UFA and RFA, just Barry Cockneyemi, Nino Niederreiter, Vinny Trope, uh, Trocheck, Martin Nikas, Ethan Bear, 
are just a few names on that list that you need to potentially pay in the offseason. Sure, can you let a couple of these guys walk? Probably. You know, names off the top of my head, Nina Ryder could be a guy that walks. Trocheck could be a guy that walks <laughs> in free agency. But you got to give Martin Nikas this big, big boy contract. Ethan Bear is on an RFA contract. You potentially have to pay him. And just Barry Cockneyemi, who you just offered and – like it that you just offer sheeted is also due after this year. So if he performs, guess what? You got to saddle him up too. So Carolina will have to be creative. If they want to add a piece or two at the trade deadline this year, they might need to make some sacrifices to the lineup, but that's what good teams do. Good teams make some, you know, potential sacrifices. So that way they could finally, you know, hoist, that's Stanley Cup at the end of the season, which Carolina, they're no stranger to hoisting the Stanley Cup. They hoisted it last in 2006, I believe. Am I correct there, Tom? You are correct. Seven-game series against the Oilers. Yep. But that was not that. That was nowhere near the same team as this team. None of those guys are around. No, nowhere near that same team. They had a lot of veteran leadership on that team. This is a team that's very much green to the playoffs, but at the same time, They've got some very interesting characters there that I would not be surprised to lift a Stanley Cup sometime soon. And Carolina, they could very well be that team that surprises a lot of people as they do year in and year out. This year is no different with that in mind. So a lot of this is kind of nitpicky stuff, but there are some legitimate concerns with this lineup uh, coming from the outside looking in, obviously maybe Carolina fans, maybe they have the rose colored glasses on and they're just thinking just like playoffs are bust, Stanley cup or bust, whatever, you know, full speed ahead. But you know, from the outside looking in, I think it kind of hurts to lose Dougie Hamilton. I think it kind of lo- hurts to lose Alex Najelkovic for almost nothing. So, and to add some, kind of questionable figures, you know, some guys that you're not sure are going to be able to perform in the footsteps of the people who were there previously. So, you know, maybe this is all hyperbole, you know, maybe this is not hyperbole. We're just going to have to see what happens. This is exactly why the games are played as I alluded to before. Now on to our last segment and the question of the day, which the question of the day stays the same as always, which is where does Carolina finish in the Metropolitan Division this year. Tom, where do you think the Carolina Hurricane finish in the Metropolitan Division this year? You know what? Despite all the changes with this team, right now you have two obvious teams in decline in this division. You have one team who is downright horrible. You have another team who's seesaw. You have two other teams who, if things go right, may do some damage. And then you have a team, another team who didn't get worse, but didn't get better. So with all that in mind, I'm going to go with second place for them right now. The team, there's another team right here who we will mention later on who didn't particularly get any worse like they did, but didn't particularly get any better either. But I think that just because of that and just because they're a little more set in stone, that I think that there's one team in this division who might just be a little bit better than them. So I'm going with second place. I think I know who you have in mind for who might just be better than Carolina this year, but I'll be honest. I This is an exciting lineup despite the changes. I, I mean, do I think they're better than last year? Not really. But they are a very interesting team to keep your eye on over the course of this year. I think they're one of the, you know, 
upper tier teams of the entire NHL and their offense could very well be deadly this year. I mean, you look at that cast of characters in terms of their scoring ability. This is a team that can put points up. Sometimes your best defense is a really, really good offense. And the likes of Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, Jasperi Kokniemi, Vinny Trocek, uh, Martin Nikas, the likes of those can absolutely put pucks in the net. So that being said, I'm going to conservatively say first place here for Carolina. There are a few teams, there are like one or two teams I think that could take it from them. But that being said, I just think that highly of Carolina's offense this year. I just think that they're, you know, running on all cylinders and this could be Carolina's year to make a deep run if everything shakes off right for Carolina this year. But that being said, guys, what do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with our takes today? Let us know down below. Drop a comment. And while you're there, make sure that you like and subscribe for all of our team previews because, hey, you might not necessarily be a Carolina Hurricane fan. But as we said before, we are previewing all 32 teams in the NHL before the beginning of the NHL season. And after this, there's only four teams left to go, two of which are mine and Tom's favorites teams. So we're definitely looking forward to those episodes. That's going to be really, really awesome. We hope you guys join us for that. And if you have any favorite teams in the Pacific Division, in the Central Division, in the Atlantic Division, make sure that you go back and check out those episodes. They're there on a playlist on our YouTube page on IAD Sports. But you might be wondering yourself, self, where else can I find their content? Well, you can find it down below at iadsports.com, where not only can you find our team previews and the rest of our NHL content, but hey, the football season is in full swing right now. You can check out our NFL and NCAA football content. Soccer season is also in full swing, so you can check out our MLS content. And the NBA season is getting ready to kick off as well. The NBA team is previewing the division's as we speak right now. So make sure you drop some love on their content as well. Those guys are working just as hard, if not harder than we are currently. So you got to make sure that you drop some love to them. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I 80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're currently following us, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support without you guys. We can't do this on a weekly basis, but as always, it's time to move away here from the Carolina hurricane. It's time to talk about, a different team. So we hope you guys join us for the next installment. But for now, thank you guys so much. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Carolina Hurricane 2021-2022 team preview.